Welcome to another episode of Poetry Says. My name is Alice and today's episode is going to be uh, a bit more of a confessional one than usual. I'm recording this on Tuesday the 17th of October. I have an interviewee en route to come and chat to me and I plan to post this one later today. I don't usually record on the day that I plan to post. Usually I'm pretty organized. Some people have said to me, you know, oh, it's great the way that you pump out your podcast, you do it so regularly. That's only because I bank up episodes and then I release them, kind of drip feed them out to you. Um, but yeah, my scheduling is all shot to hell at the moment. I'm in a very dicey place in terms of I've taken on way too much and yeah, just finding it tricky to keep all the balls in the air. All good things, all good things, but um, yeah, probably one too many good things. And I'm looking at my calendar um, next to my garage band window here, just looking at all the blocked out sections going so how do I do all the things I want to do now? I don't think it's going to be possible. Something's got to go. Um, yeah, it's, it's that kind of headspace and I'm sure that you're familiar with it. And uh, I suspect that it might be this particular time of year, you get to sort of the mid-October time of year and you're staring down the barrel, you're thinking, okay, the year is nearly over. There's all these things I wanted to do this year and they kind of have to happen now. Otherwise they're not going to happen and then it'll be a whole new year. Um, yeah, I, I think I said a couple of episodes ago, I have a tendency to kind of ball up sections of time and think of them all as, as one thing. Um, which is why I meditate and do yoga and all kinds of things like that to try and teach my brain that no things things happen in a very uh, steady way there's there's always exactly the same amount of time as there always was um, your brain just takes over so a big part of all this a part of taking on extra work and extra responsibilities um, was to try and sort of bank up some time for the end of the year so that I could spend some time writing. And I kind of made this deal with myself and I said, look, you're not going to get anything done in October. October is going to be a write-off. But yeah, I'm finding that really hard. I, I hate not writing, actually. Um, I had said to myself that, you know, I wouldn't be doing any editing, any drafting, anything at all, just it was going to be complete um, blank time in terms of poetry production. And yeah, I'm feeling really uncomfortable with that, which is, I don't know, I'm surprised because I don't actually think of myself as somebody who does nearly as much writing as, as many of the other poets I know. You know, other poets talk to me about, about their writing routines and rhythms and I always think oh wow i wish i did that much work you know that sounds great and they read more than i do and and yeah they they produce better stuff they work harder on their drafts and 
Yeah, and it's funny because I think we're always, all of us are in that headspace at some point. None of us think that we write enough. None of us think that we read enough, even if um, other people do. So it's this strange kind of circle of comparison with no beginning or end. Everyone's just looking at the next person along going, ah, they do more than me. I should... I should step up my game. Uh, Yeah, maybe it's a source of motivation. I don't know. But yeah, so hating not writing. And the other thing that I really want to try and do before the end of the year is to memorize some of my own poems so that I can get up there in front of a mic and actually perform, which is what I've been kind of working towards all year, doing improv, that kind of thing. So, yeah just I don't know just trying to be okay with not writing is a tricky one and as I often do when I'm in these kinds of buzzy irritated confused head spaces I went to my copy of Jane Kenyon's Constance uh, this is a book that I bought maybe this time last year uh, came out from Grey Wolf Press and it's very beautiful it's quite short it doesn't have any of the really super famous um jane kenyon poems in it It doesn't have uh otherwise or happiness um but yeah it's it's divided into sections and they each have an epigraph and i think there's only about 40 poems in here so it's very it's a very quiet book there's a lot of blank space and I was just leafing through just before and I found this poem called Not Writing and I thought oh yeah Jane gets it she always gets it so this is what she says about not writing a wasp rises to its papery nest under the eaves where it daubs at the grey shape but seems unable to enter its own house gotta love that hey just that is a perfect description of the movement of a wasp isn't it that that daubing they kind of yeah they'll tap on their little nest but they don't ever seem to be going inside it's almost as if they something's pushing them back out and yeah it's only six lines long but what a perfect description of what it feels like to be not writing A wasp rises to its papery nest under the eaves, where it daubs at the grey shape, but seems unable to enter its own house. And I think when you haven't been writing for a while, you start to feel like it's not your house anymore, and everyone else is in there having some kind of powwow or party, and you're sort of outside and yeah, you start to feel, I guess, like, am I ever going to get in there again? Because there is a lot of writing advice out there. I'm thinking specifically of Stephen King's On Writing. Um, You've got your Annie Lamont. You've got your uh, Writing Down the Bones, Natalie Goldberg. Basically, all the classic writing texts say something about the dailiness or regularity of practice there actually aren't that many examples that i can think of where writers will say 
just don't do any work for a while and be okay with that. <laughs> but I think they probably should be because I think there there is a lot to be said for fallow periods. I mean, I always say that to other people, it's hard to take my own advice, but if I'm ever chatting to someone who wants to be doing some kind of creative work and can't quite get there, I always say, you know, this is part of it as well. Um, being separated from it, being reminded about how much how important it is to you and how much you want to do it. That's part of it as well. And also you gathering up a whole bunch of new experiences that you can later turn into that work. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really, doesn't always feel like you're working. And it, often it's, it's not until much, much later when you look back and you think, yeah, it's, it's good that I, did spend all that time away because now I can see all this stuff from a new angle or I had that other experience and that changed everything for me. Um, but yeah, it's still tricky at the time. There is one other poem that keeps coming to mind that I wanted to share with you. Uh, it's called Anti-Lamentation by Dorian Lowe and it was published in her book the Book of Men in 2011. This is one that I've kept uh, kept a link to in my Trello board so I can just look at it every now and again because the first time I read it I just thought ah oh, thank you thank you for saying that. Um, it's a very comforting poem and it covers a lot of ground including this kind of flat oh I'm not doing anything I'm not making anything kind of feeling. So I'll leave you with this anti-lamentation. Regret nothing. Not the cruel novels you read to the end just to find out who killed the cook. Not the insipid movies that made you cry in the dark in spite of your intelligence, your sophistication. Not the lover you left quivering in a hotel parking lot, the one you beat to the punchline, the door or the one who left you in your red dress and shoes. The one that crimped your toes, don't regret those. Not the nights you called God names and cursed your mother, sunk like a dog in the living room couch, chewing your nails and crushed by loneliness. You were meant to inhale those smoky nights over a bottle of flat beer, to sweep stuck onion rings across the dirty restaurant floor, to wear the frayed coat with its loose buttons, its pockets full of struck matches. You've walked those streets a thousand times and still you end up here. Regret none of it, not one of the wasted days you wanted to know nothing when the lights from the carnival rides were the only stars you believed in. Loving them for their uselessness, not wanting to be saved. You've travelled this far on the back of every mistake, ridden in dark-eyed and morose but calm as a house after the TV set has been pitched out the window. Harmless as a broken axe emptied of expectation. Relax. Don't bother remembering any of it. Let's stop here, under the lit sign on the corner, and watch all the people walk by. <laughs>